Welcome to Radio Beacon, the podcast of Beacon Communications. I'm Dan Kittredge, editor of the Cranston Herald. I am uh, joined today remotely by Jake Morocco, editor of the Johnston Sunrise. We're both working from home today. Jake, how's it going? I'm, I'm, I'm going, Dan. How about you? I'm um, hanging in, hanging in. We, uh, we started working from home yesterday uh, as this whole situation continues to escalate. It seemed like the prudent thing to do, so we are... Uh, um, doing our work from home, um, but still staying on top of all the developments that are happening in our communities. Um, we're recording this Thursday morning, April 9th, around 1030. It's a couple of hours before the governor's daily briefing um, to provide the latest updates. To give folks a, uh, a quick rundown, because I know everyone is uh, pretty tuned in, I think, at this point to the COVID-19 situation. Um from yesterday, uh, the governor yesterday announced 277 new cases, bringing the state's total to 1,727 since May 1st, or March 1st, excuse me. Um, there were eight new deaths, unfortunately, reported yesterday. That's a total of 43 for the state. Um, 43 people were in ICUs as of yesterday. 160 people were hospitalized. Um I know, you know, the news this week in recent days has particularly focused on how hard hit nursing homes and those type of facilities have been hit. Two in particular, this Golden Crest Nursing Center in North Providence and Oak Hill Rehabilitation in uh, Pawtucket have both been uh, have made up for a large portion of, of the deaths um, and the, the cases involved in those communities. From a community breakdown, um, which I know has been of interest to people. I've been trying to share that information um, daily. The Department of Health typically provides a full update every day, with, and now they're doing community-by-community community breakdowns. Um, as of yesterday, again, yesterday, April, uh, or no, I, at the top I said that we were recording on April uh, 9th. We're recording on April 10th. That just goes to show you how uh, lost my sense of time is. As you know, Jake, days are kind of just blending in. Yep. That's so for sure. That's <laughs> so for sure. forgive me on that. Um, as of yesterday, April 9th, Cranston had 112 cases. Warwick had 67. Johnston had 29. Um, Providence continues by far and away to lead the state with 345 cases. Pawtucket at 156. North Providence at 98. East, East Providence at 49. North Kingstown, 42. Coventry at 42. Cumberland at 40, West Warwick at 34. So it's kind of um, certainly concentrated in the more populous communities of the state. Um, and those totals continue to go up locally. But for folks that are interested, check the, in addition to following the governor's daily briefing um, uh, for those numbers, check the health department's website and our websites to, to get your updates on those. Um, elsewhere, the, the other big news from this week um, has been uh, a ramping up of the state's testing capability, um, specifically this new site at Twin River Casino in Lincoln, um, which is now testing, um, I think it, the capacity is meant to be over 1,000 tests a day. It's rapid testing, so people get their results within 15 to 30 minutes, um, according to state officials. And um, it was uh, CVS, I guess, set up. Um, this was the first in the nation, along with Georgia, the first place to have this. So I know that has really, um, I think, been kind of a game changer to be able to get rapid tests. They're still asking that people that go there be, um, you know, symptomatic. Um, they wanted to 
be for people who have symptoms, who are at risk, who need to go to work, who are, you know, first responders and those kind of essential workers. Um, Cause it's a way just to obviously get them the information they need uh, very quickly. Um, elsewhere, the governor this week expanded uh, or extended, excuse me, um, a number of her executive orders related to social distancing. Um, uh, everything from the five gatherings of five or less limit um, for all, all gatherings to the closure of state parks and beaches, which uh, some of them, like the, uh, the five-person limit is through May 8th at this point. The state beach and park closure and some other closures and measures are indefinitely continued. Um, so you can look for for full coverage all on our, our websites and uh, in this week's editions of our papers. Um, we, we have all that information there and we'll be staying on top of um, the situation as it continues to develop, to develop in the, the days and weeks ahead. The governor, you know, um, one other thing I'd note, I guess, from her updates has been yesterday she talked about, she was asked about modeling again, the state's projections for, um, you know, when we're going to peak, where this crisis is headed. Um, you know, she has been reticent uh, to share specifics in terms of um, the state's model and what the state's projections are. She said yesterday that it's, uh, you know, they don't have enough data, I guess, is what she's saying, that it's kind of, uh, you know, she, she doesn't want to put incomplete information out there or risk starting a panic is a word she used. So, um, but she did say that, uh, you know, the, the ballpark would be, you know, late April to mid May as the, the peak will occur sometime around then. Um, so it's clear that we've got some time ahead. And then even when, uh, after the peak and after we get back to a point where she and state officials, feel comfortable starting to reopen the economy in some way and easing these restrictions, it's still going to look very different, I think, day-to-day uh, -day life for a while. So I'm unsure what form it will take at this point, but uh, for the foreseeable future, this, uh, this current situation seems poised to continue. Elsewhere, um, from our papers this week, I know um, we, uh, Gatsby, in a related... Uh, uh, for big and sad development for Cranston and Warwick specifically um, related to the COVID-19 crisis. The Gatsby Days Committee announced uh, this week on Sunday, I believe, that um, they're calling off all of this year's festivities, um, you know, with the, which would normally begin in uh, late May and run through June. Um, the timing, I think, I know, Jake, you spoke with Gina Dooley, who's the president of the Gatsby Days Committee, and she was talking about the fact that um, the fundraising, you know, the, the different events in, like the Arts and Crafts Fair, um, you know, help feed the, the and support the parade financially and the other events they do. So I know, I guess, from their perspective, it just kind of became a domino thing where the inability to schedule and plan for the early events made any chance of the later events less feasible. Yeah, I spoke to Gina. She was uh, sad, obviously. She said, as I said in the story, she felt like the Grinch that stole Gatsby Days, but obviously that's, uh, that's, that's a bit, <laughs> I'd say that's way too much to, uh, to give yourself that moniker. But I, I mean, she, was, it was, she said it was devastating, and that's what it is. I mean, this is the first time in decades and decades they've had to cancel the entire event. Obviously, heavy rain has forced the cancellation of the parade before, but 
they've never had to cancel everything in mass quite like this before Dan. Mm-hmm. So it was it was tough for them. And you know, like Gina said uh, in the story, they can't do the uh, obviously they not would not love to cancel arts and crafts until the parade, but they can't do that because the money reeled in from arts and crafts, the block party, the food uh, food court circle with all the food trucks. All that money helps put on the parade. So without the arts and crafts fair, there effectively can't be a parade. So once that gets canceled, the domino effect, like with everything else seemingly in, in the economy and in life right now, the domino effect just takes everything down. So yeah. that's just the unfortunate circumstances of, of how it played out. But ultimately, while it was a tough decision, it was the right decision. Yeah. No, it seems uh, it seems prudent really unfortunate we have a great time covering it every year i know we we do a special section devoted to um the celebration every year it's such an integral part of the the identity of patuxent village which uh, spans cranston and warwick and um but the committee did uh, make clear in their announcement that they they'll be back and and raring to go in 2021 and then uh there's a lot to look forward to in 2022 with Gatsby Days. That'll be the 250th anniversary of the Gatsby Affair and the burning of the Gatsby um, all the way back in 1772. So I'm sure they have some special uh, stuff in store for that year. Um, so at least we we have those things to look forward to. But uh, elsewhere this week, I know um, each of us spoke with uh, our, our editor and publisher of the the Warwick Beacon, John Howell, um, spoke with Chief Rathbun and Warwick. I spoke with Colonel Winkquist and Cranston. You, Jake, spoke with Chief Tambourini and Johnston about how local police departments, uh, what they're seeing um, as a result of the current situation and how they're responding and adapting. I know uh, Colonel Winkquist told me that the call volumes have you know, dropped enormously. Um, they've seen a corresponding increase in online reports um, and that officers are really trying to use discretion and not initiate contact with the public if, uh, if they don't have to at this point, you know, if um, they're, they're trying to, and they've staggered shifts, they've separated the patrol division into a couple of different teams that work in like three day shifts, work with the same people so that if there are cases that uh, require quarantining and that kind of thing, they can adapt and, and still maintain staffing. Um, what did uh, Chief Tamburini have to say? He said that crime has, quote, unquote, dropped off the planet as yeah. a result of the coronavirus pandemic. And it's it's obvious. He's, he couldn't provide exact percentages, but he said effectively that it's it's just way, way down in, in Johnston. And obviously there's been an uptick in domestic violence with people being home. He said it hasn't uh, amounted to serious assaults, Dan, but there's been some arguments that have been incited in the Police have had to go break them up or, or intervene, yeah. but other than that, it's been it's been uh, just quiet. He he says usually shoplifters are going to shoplift, but at this point, where I mean, there's really yeah. nowhere. You're you're probably you're, I mean at this point, with security at the doors of every market, you're going to get caught, mm-hmm. and it's it, uh, everywhere else is closed. So they really don't have much much going on there. It's been quiet all across the town. Obviously, they'll ramp up once life gets back to some semblance of normalcy, but right now, it's the we get the logs I get are pretty much just suspended licenses or you know, not not huge things. So it's uh, all quiet on the Western Front in, uh, in Johnston, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've seen similar compiling the Warwick and Cranston uh, police logs every week. The... Uh the types of incidents and the volume of incidents have, have changed. They've gone uh, 
much much less in terms of arrests. I know uh, one unfortunate, uh, particularly unfortunate aspect of it is that, uh, and there's been reporting on this elsewhere, domestic violence um, incidents and reports of that have increased, which is extremely unfortunate. But um, so that's we we uh, did a little look at at how the situation is affecting the law enforcement side. John um, also spoke with uh, folks at TF Green Airport about how, uh, which is also, you know, traffic there is is down to a, a trickle. You know, there's, um, he was telling me, describing the scene up there. Uh, I forget what day he went up to Green, but, you know, that he had been the only one going. He spoke with a, a Cranston resident who works at the Delta ticket encounter and, John said he was the first one that had gone to the counter the whole day and that security was empty. Um, so, you know, it's travelers domestically uh, or internationally coming back to Rhode Island are still under a uh, uh, self 14 day self quarantine order. Um, and I don't, most folks are, are not traveling around at this point, certainly not by air. Um, elsewhere, I'd uh, plug a couple of smaller things just um in Cranston, CCAP and uh, two two Cranston-based organizations, CCAP and Big Brothers Big Sisters, both put out uh, kind of calls for public assistance this week. Um, you can find more coverage on CranstonOnline.com if you're uh, interested in learning more and, and potentially giving them a hand. CCAP, I know, is looking for more donations of food and paper goods and uh, cleaning supplies to help uh, stock its shelves as the need increases with unemployment rates. Uh, you know, continuing to skyrocket and, and people struggling and out of work given the the, the shutdown. Um, so check out CCAP if you can help them, give them a hand. Big Brothers Big Sisters, I know too, is looking for some space, hopefully the potentially donated space to store some of their the items that are donated to them um, at this point to, yeah. to give them a hand with that. So just put in a plug for those two groups. Um and it's a, a good segue, actually. Our, our main interview today, Dan, is with John Stegon Carrick of Oceanside Graphics in Warwick. He and his yeah. uh, business partner, Nicholas Rigo, they started rismallbusiness.org. And it's really been incredible seeing how they've connected the business community with, uh, with kind of the consumers, the community, the consumer base. And when I spoke to Justin last week, he said they, and as you can read in the story, and as you'll hear in the interview coming up, that they really only expected a couple hundred businesses, and they've gotten at least four times that as of the last time we spoke. So it's probably higher now, but they had to unveil an entirely new website to keep up with the traffic. It's it's just been an incredible initiative in, in such a dark time for a lot of small businesses. And it's it was a fascinating interview, so I, I think people are really going to enjoy it. Yeah, that's wonderful. I'm, I have yet to hear it, and I'm excited to. So uh, let's go to that right now here on Radio Beacon. Welcome back to Radio Beacon. I'm joined by Justin Goncaric. He is a co-owner of Oceanside Graphics. Justin, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much, Jacob, for taking time out of your day to uh, chat with us on our initiative here. And so we'll get right into that initiative. Uh, it's rismallbusiness.org. So tell me how about how the idea come about. Yeah, so the idea came about, uh, you know, about um, a week and a half, almost two weeks ago now. Um, we've got since so long ago. Um, I was on a, uh, you know, a small call with the Lieutenant Governor's Office and a few small businesses uh, right at the beginning of all of this, uh, you know, pandemic. 
And I just kind of, you know, volunteered our time and our expertise to help out, which at the time was only 30 businesses on the call. Um, and the LG and I had got together um, quite a few times over, you know, several days after that. And, uh, you know, now we are, you know, approaching 800, uh, you know, logins to the website. Yeah, that's, that's great. And so uh, uh, what kind of response has it received overall? How many businesses right now do you have uh, signed up? Uh, so right now, uh, within the first 24 hours of the site, we had gotten uh, 50 businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we first started it, you know, I think everyone thought we were just going to get a couple hundred small businesses and, you know, we'd be able to accommodate, you know, everybody, everybody there. Um, now, you know, pretty much a week later, we can change out. We've gotten just about 800 people to uh, either register their small, small business or nominate a small business in their community. Um, so there's, you know, extensive, extensive, you know, restaurants dog groomers, dog walkers, musicians, retail shops, um, you name it, it's on there. Um, you know, right now the site itself, uh, as of this morning, had 53,000 and change uh, for visits to the site, and about 1,700 people have clicked on to buy a gift card to support that local business, you know, various local businesses. That's awesome. And are you surprised at all by how rapid the response has been? Yes. <laughs> Uh, I think if I said no, I would be uh, 110% lying. <laughs> I, uh, I I think, again, we, we envision this to be, you know, a small business. So when you think of small businesses, you, you kind of leave out the restaurants and, you know, some of these other things. You always think of like a, you know, a mom and pop shop that's, you know, something downstairs in the house or they have a small little retail shop in, in Newport that's, you know, selling some trinkets and some, and some gift stuff. I think we really uh, undervalue sometimes what a small business is and what that means to the community. Um, I, I, my initial site uh, was built to hold about 300. I have absolutely stretched the limits of it. Uh, we're going to announce later today that uh, we are doing a version 2.0 that's going to be launched over the weekend. Um, that's going to be broken down to about a couple different categories for small businesses. So those will be much more organized, much more streamlined. Uh, it's going to have a lot more options to keep people coming back to the website. We don't want the website uh, to die off after the pandemic. Uh, so what we want to happen is the communities and the state to be able to utilize rismallbusiness.org. It's become um, an essential platform for connecting around as small businesses. So we want to be able to you know, keep that flow and keep that momentum and movement going. Kind of building on that, if somebody's interested in going to the website, you know, how, how do they go about navigating it, especially the 2.0, the new one, and uh, what are some of the features they can expect to see on there? Yeah, absolutely. So right now, currently, um, if you were to log into rismallbusiness.org and you were a business or a uh, consumer who wanted to nominate a business, you would be able to uh, click on one tab, either business registration or consumer nomination. Um, you would just put in the, uh, you know, your name, the business name, email, contact, and how to buy a gift card from your uh, website or establishment. Some people don't have the ability to sell gift cards right away, so they're doing some old-school gift certificates. You know, they're keeping logs. Uh, so what we've decided to do in version 2.0 is make it even easier for people. Um, so the new tagline across the top there is a buy a gift, uh, buy a gift card now. Um, option. So that'll take you to the list of the 12 categories to, you know, find the business that you're looking for, or maybe you just want to browse. You want to, uh, you know, experience Rhode Island on a digital sense. Uh, there is a dedicated uh, business registration, so business owners can go right on there, register, put their info in. Um, it'll go to an email to be inputted. Same thing with consumers. Um, so we've just elaborated on that form. 
um, in the consumer. We ask, you know, how they hear about the website, what drove them to nominate that business. Uh, one of the things that we're really trying to push in version 2.0 is success stories, both from a business standpoint and a consumer standpoint. Um, we want to use it um, as a way to, um, you know, show that this is working. This is not just a website that we threw up there, got 800 people to go on, and then boom, nothing else happened after that. Uh, we're trying to show that, yeah, businesses are making money. You know, maybe that business made $200 on a week that they couldn't have made anything. Or maybe a consumer had an extra $30, you know, that they, that they had, and they went on and spent $30 to, you know, a bookstore. Um, so we really want to drive the consumer experience and the success stories um, to be on that. Um, some of the other things for version 2.0 is there's a sponsor section. Uh, so right now we have a similar section on, on version 1.0, um, but it just doesn't feature very well. Um, so what we're asking is if you have a, you know, a larger business or even if your small business is booming um, and you consider yourself to be, you know, a larger business at this point, um, to go on there, um, you know, maybe pick a small business to do some business with today. Um, if you've got an event coming down the road in these months, maybe find a caterer on there today and book your appointment today instead of waiting, you know, three or four months from now. Um, and it's also going to give um, opportunities. We're trying to find a way right now to um, get a, a fund together so that we can, you know, start marketing, you know, our smallbusiness.org website to a lot of people. Um, so maybe there's some sponsors out there that want to donate some time and some money to, you know, make that happen. Uh, a lot of people ask us about volunteering. There's a volunteer section now. Um, again, it's got name, phone number, how to volunteer, and what makes them want to volunteer. We want to hear the stories of, you know, why people are so willing to help, what makes Rhode Island such a great community to live in and, and support businesses. Um, and then the last big piece of this puzzle um, to keep people coming back to this website is going to be an events calendar. So anytime we're doing, um, you know, we're doing a weekly small business call right now with the lieutenant governor's office, um, you know, some local advocates, some bank resources, um, you know, just to help any small business that's impacted get information right from the sources. Um, so those will be listed on the events calendar. I think right now we're doing them every Tuesday and Friday. Um, and there's a Q&A section in there um, where people can go on and email live questions over and then their answers, you know, accordingly. Um, but then again, if you're, you know, a food truck place and you, you know that there's going to be a food truck event coming up in six months or, you know, your friend's doing a Facebook Live and is trying to raise money for himself, you know, email us over that event and let's get it put on there and let's, let's help, you know, artists, let's help small business. Anyone that needs some help right now that is, you know, using some sort of, uh, talent that they have to make income, to pay their rent, pay their mortgages. You know, this is a time to connect and this is a site to do it on. And what's it been like? You know, obviously people can't get together physically. They can't get together in, you know, bars or restaurants, but it seems like virtually they're all coming together. So what's it been like to see this community response all across the state? You know, it's, it's, been, um, it's been breathtaking, if I really have to say it. I think I, I keep using the quote, it's, a, you know, a ray of sunshine in a dark time. And it's, it's really comforting as a business owner itself. You know, I really, not to toot my horn, but kind of stepped up to put this together. And it's just amazing to me, you know, the outpouring support to help us. You know, there are 800 businesses out there right now starving for help. Um, and I'm getting emails, you know, every minute of every day of, hey, uh, my listing is on there. Can you help me update it up? Or, hey, this was an amazing idea. Could you 
you know, get me in touch with so-and-so. And just being able to use our resources that we've had at our fingertips for so long and never really thought that we were going to need um, or want the connection that we have digitally with our consumers and our Rhode Islanders, it's just it's amazing to me, um, you know, how we're all able to adapt so well so fast um, and be able to keep that personal touch to our customer that's so important to us as small business owners. Hmm. So, Justin, just to reiterate, uh, if people want to help, where can they go? Uh, so, if you want to help, uh, the website, again, is rismallbusiness.org, rismallbusiness.org, um, and just click on the Buy a Gift Card now and uh, start helping one of the businesses in your community. Great. Justin Goncaric, co-owner of Oceanside Graphics in Warwick, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you so much, Jacob. It's been a pleasure, and uh, thanks for you know, everybody that's listening and, and, and wants to make a difference. Welcome back to Radio Beacon. Thanks to Justin Goncaric for for speaking with us. Um, so we're back here. We've the last couple of weeks uh, in the light of this uh, ongoing crisis. Been trying to wrap things up every week with a little bit of a lighter segment. Um, and uh, the last couple of weeks, we've talked about movies and TV and stuff that we've been uh, consuming during um, you know while we're uh, while we're stuck at home. And uh, I think this week we're going to turn a little bit more to music um, and talk about some of what's been, uh, what we've been spinning and, and new releases that uh, that uh, we've been enjoying lately. So, Jake, what's been uh, on your playlist? Uh, well, I know both of us, uh, I know you spun it a little earlier than I did, but we were both listening to the new Thundercat. He dropped yeah. a new album. It's called uh, It Is What It Is. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of songs, but it's a very short album. It's like 38 minutes, and there's yeah. like 17 songs, so they're all really quick hits, except... The last one, I think, is about five minutes along the title track, but all the other ones are, are pretty quick in and out. There's a lot of great stuff. I mean, like we talked about off-air, Thundercat always delivers on, on his music, whether he's a featured artist like on These Walls, uh, Kendrick Lamar, or if he's a solo artist and you know uh, have other people jump in on his stuff. But he's great. I know you're uh, a big fan of his, and uh, he, he delivered yet again. I, uh, I, I, I really, really liked his album. Yeah, me and, my, uh, me and a few of my buddies saw him at... Uh was it the Paradise in Boston like two years ago? That was a really great show. And he's, uh, he collaborates. There's one track he does on this new record with this guy, Lewis Cole, yeah. that uh, yep. I'm a huge fan of. I've seen him a few times in his group, Nowhere, which is, uh, can be a little far out. Might not be for everybody, but I really, um, all part of this, uh, the Brain Feeder Collective with the uh, Flying Lotus and some other artists like that. So, but yeah, Thundercat is, uh, is amazing and his records are continuously uh excellent so i was very it, it brightened my day last friday when i saw i hadn't even realized this new record was dropping yeah and uh i also was able i know you're not a big uh, big country guy dan not to be frank i'm not either but uh sam hunt who is a kind of a i would not say renowned country pop crossover star but he's had some hits mm-hmm. and i actually saw him in concert a few years ago he was, he was pretty good um uh, he released his new album, which was a long, long time coming because he released the big hit, quote unquote, off of it, uh, Body Like a Back Road, like four years ago. And I expected the album many, many years 
And I was like, all right, like when are we like when are we getting it? And I was like, I think he's missed his window. And he kept releasing singles, and I'm like, this guy ever dropping an album? And then all of a sudden, it was revealed it was coming out, whatever it is, April, whatever, last week. And I gotta say, I, I thought he missed his window. I thought that he kind of it would just deliver something mediocre, but it was really good. I'm not gonna lie. There was some, there were some lulls and some songs I wasn't a fan of, but overall, it was a pretty solid album. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's, I, I expected it not to be fantastic and then i saw i mean obviously pitchfork isn't god but i saw their review and it was positive first of all pitchfork if you're familiar with pitchfork they very rarely review any country music mm-hmm. unless it's like the crossoverist crossover you can ever cross over but they gave it a pretty favorable review and i was like all right well now i need to check it out because if they liked it and they're pitchfork and they hate everything that's not uh whatever neutral milk hotel or anything indie or alternative uh, I got to check it out, too. And I was going to, but it, it ended up being pretty good. But I'm interested to see why. I know you're not a big country pop guy, so I got to see what else you've been uh, what else you've been listening to lately. I, you know, I like some, just, I'm not a big country guy, but uh, some of the crossover stuff or older country or here and there I enjoy. I mean, uh, who was that again, by the way, the name of the artist? Sam Hunt was his name. All right. I'll have to keep that in mind. I'll give right. that uh, Lately for me, I mean, the new... The new Tame Impala record came out, what, a few weeks ago now? Mm. And that's been on pretty heavy rotation for me. I really, I know, I, I guess the criticism of it, on it was a little mixed, but uh, I've really liked it a lot. I mean, I, I've enjoyed all their work. I particularly liked the uh, uh, Currents, which came out in, what, 2015? Mm. That had a really yeah. kind of different sound from what uh, they were known for. This new record kind of builds on that, and I've been really enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, put in a plug too for uh, you're familiar with Reggie Watts. Oh, sure am. He's in. Uh, he to, to those who may not know, he's a, uh, a comic uh, a musician. Um, he's currently on the uh, the Late Show with James Corden. Is that it? Uh, yeah, I think Cobra. that's the one he's on. Yeah, this the the show that follows Colbert on CBS. Yeah, but uh, anyway, he's he's uh, been like an alternative comedian and musician whatever with he has a project with this um electronic producer named uh, john tejada and it's called wahada uh they released their second album recently and it's uh it's really cool i really enjoy it it's the gambian dance stuff uh kind of kind of over the map but it's a nice it's a nice uh, relaxing listen and reggie watts is uh, pretty amazingly talented vocally what he can do Oh, I'm definitely gonna be checking that out. I'm a big Reggie Watts guy. I just put it right on my uh, my uh, search bar to remember to put it on my next playlist. I'm a big That's Reggie cool. Reggie Watts fan. I used to watch. As I know you're probably the biggest comedy Bang Bang fan. I, I know, but <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I've used to watch him on the show, and obviously he's, he's done a lot of stuff since. But uh, I'm definitely gonna have to, have to check that out. And while we're while we're on the topic of music, a uh, rest in peace, John Prine, country musician. He passed away from COVID nineteen complications yeah. this week. Uh, so. That was a devastating blow to the music community, the country community, pretty much anybody who likes music. Um, that was just another another devastating casualty as a result of uh, the pandemic. And even when we're trying not to talk about coronavirus, we somehow end up talking about coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. It's there's no getting away from it right now. No, there isn't. I'm not as familiar with his work, but uh, I know I did have seen that and the outpouring. Hmm. So, on a brighter note, you know what I just realized? No. The, 
the new Strokes album just came out today. That is right. I did see that. It was uh, it's called Oh my god, the new Abnormal. I think it's what. Yeah, that's what it's called. And apparently, so. there's a uh, typo on it. Uh, something about Sundays, and there's an apostrophe where it shouldn't be, and people are. Uh, <laughs> People aren't going crazy, but it's gonna. My OCD brain's gonna lose it when I see that. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the title of the song right now. Why are Sundays? Yep. But possessive, so depressing. Yeah, that's. We uh, we need we need a proofreader on that Strokes album. Even the Strokes, we need copy editors. The Strokes need copy editors. That we all need true. copy editors. And you know what? They'll just go back into Spotify and fix it. I'm sure, or wherever, <laughs> wherever they launch all that stuff. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'll be checking that one out too. A lot of good good music down the pipeline, and uh, a lot of time to keep us busy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, let's say time is a flat circle. It's 2020 and the Strokes are out with a new album. So, uh, so I guess, uh, I don't know what else. Um, one other note, one note to, to, that I forgot about at the top, mm-hmm. just if, if you haven't heard, uh, Lincoln Chafee, um, former Warwick mayor, Rhode Island governor, and senator, uh, dropped out of the presidential race this week. Ended his libertarian bid for president. That was, uh, and Bernie Sanders as well got out of the race this week. So, not all of the not all of the news. Life will go on, and twenty twenty will go on. And we will have elections, and uh, we will get through all of this at some point. But we uh, we here at the Beacon hope um, everyone out there is staying safe. Um, you can uh, again look for our coverage daily um, on. CransonOnline.com, WarwickOnline.com, JohnstonSunrise.net. Follow our Twitter at RhodeyBeat, R-H-O-D-Y-B-E-A-T. Um, follow us on Facebook. Um, we're, we're updating regularly on Facebook and trying to share and, and break news there. You can follow me on Twitter at RhodeyDanK. You can follow Jake on Twitter at Jacob underscore Morocco. Um, this uh, this podcast you're listening to is hosted by Anchor, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and multiple other platforms. We'll have a link on our website as well when we drop this episode live. Um, what am I forgetting? I think we're foregoing uh, the usual music uh, this week, but uh, hat tip as always to my friend John Schmenninghoff, a, a Cranston boy now living in Florida for the tunes that we've used in the past. Check out our past episodes um, for uh, for some of our recent interviews, particularly if you're meeting your sports fix, go back and listen to our interview with Will Gagan, sports editor of the, of the Independent and Beacon alum. Uh, he talks with us about his new uh, book um, about uh, the summer collegiate baseball leagues and his journey through there. Um, we'll be back next week. Jake, thanks so much. For Radio Beacon, I'm Dan Kittredge, editor of the Cranston Herald. We'll see you next week.